Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. For you Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source of Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with somebody pretty special to me. And it's not Jared, sorry buddy, I know you're on your your little trip, Uh, we do miss you, but someone even more special to me is my dad. And uh, my dad did do a a podcast with Kyle um, a few months ago, uh, doing his you know, telling his Auburn roots story, but I just thought, why not? While Jared's still out, bring in my dad and uh, let's talk through this loss. This is the, you know, you get to hear some of the conversations that my dad and I have after some of these tough losses and how we process it. So dad, how you doing? It's always glad to be with you, you son. <laughs> um, it's tough to have these conversations after a loss, but uh, we can look forward to positive things in the future. How about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and there, there have been plenty of tough losses that, I mean, we've sat in the stadium together. Um, I think one of the more recent ones was last week against Mississippi state walking out of that stadium. And, and it's just rough. Like you expect to win. And yet, you know, you see this, you know, slow trickle of us losing and this game was kind of the same way. Um, not, I, I feel like it wasn't as bad personally, but it was a bad loss. Um, where does this kind of, you know, if you had to compare, you know, the South Carolina loss in your mind to what happened last week against Mississippi State, kind of how how do you rank those? Sure, I would. I would rank the South Carolina loss as worse, not just because it was third loss in a row, but I'm pretty sure from almost any measure. Mississippi State is a better football team overall than South Carolina. Granted, we were playing South Carolina on the road, but the you know the Mississippi State game that that hurt badly, um, giving so many uh, points in the second half, and and then to have that repeated again in the hmm. the South Carolina game, you know, as a difference, I think the South Carolina game our play calling and execution was what really killed us and, you know, throw in a few extra comments about the, the officiating, but um, <laughs> there's nothing we could do about that. Right. And even, I mean, say, say, you know, a couple of calls did go Auburn's way instead of South Carolina's way. I, I don't think it would have necessarily changed, you know, the, the results of the game. Now you could probably argue, Hey, you know, it didn't hit, you know, Jalen's leg. Okay we have a minute and a half to drive down the field. Well, the issue is, in my mind, we hadn't put up points except for, I guess, a field goal since the first quarter. And we have to drive down like 80-something yards and score a touchdown there. That's a, that's a pretty tall task anyway. 
um, especially with your backup quarterback. Now, if we had Bowen there, I think we'd have a little bit more confidence. And if we had, you know, for example, Kobe Hudson, our one of our leading receivers, you know, but we didn't. And that that I think that kind of hurts us, you know, from an injury standpoint. But I think it, it just didn't give us the the kind of momentum that we needed. Um, and, and I did want to talk about one of the you know key plays that happened um, in this loss that I think personally, I think this, this took all the momentum out of Auburn was that fourth and one play where we were at our 30 yard line, I think somewhere around there, 35, somewhere around there. And we decided to go for it. You know, fourth and one, we're running the ball. Well, I, I don't have a problem with that personally, like, but we decided to pass the ball. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I was in favor of going for it, but you saw some extra oomph with Tank Bigsby in this game, uh, extra effort. He was playing angry. Um, you know, he had the option fourth and very short yardage, either hand it off to, to Tank, let him do his job, which he had been doing carry after carry, <laughs> or you've got a Cam Newton size quarterback in TJ Finley who proved at least one other time in the game he can quarterback sneak for two or three yards right with his size and that to me you're you're Auburn's in its own territory so that's dangerous to go for it on fourth down anyway but you have two options that are much higher percentage than going for that long shot of a you know long pass to I think it was Demetrius Robertson that was yeah streaking and you know it was just overthrown like some other passes during the game right yeah and this is where i mean i was even having this discussion with my wife um during that play or right after that play my wife was like well yeah like bobo's calling the plays but like doesn't harson have the final say in that and i think usually in big scenarios like this i think usually harson does so i think you know, everybody's blaming Bobo right now, but I think Harson should take some of that blame for not saying, what the heck are you doing? Don't do that. Run Tank Bigsby or have TJ Finley do another quarterback sneak for four, just for a yard. That's all you need. And, and I mean, uh, there's going to be pl- plenty of criticisms of coaches, and I think it's rightly due, especially over, you know, what, the last three and and maybe even more games, like, we've had some bad coaching decisions that have put our players in bad situations, but I think there's also the execution as well. You know, it's been subpar. Definitely. The players have admitted that in their, their press conferences as well, but I mean, it ultimately comes down to the people who are making money. <laughs> it's not on the 18 to 22 year olds uh, that are going through school full time and playing football. I know. Yeah. They're on the field. Like there's you know partial, but like it all comes back to the coaches in my opinion. Kind of where do you stand with, uh, you know, who should be blamed and, and where you see the issues uh, in this in this game? I definitely think there was uh, there was that fourth and one call. There was another short yardage call, maybe two, three yards that uh, whether it was Bobo or in combination with Harson, they they opted for the long bomb, which was, um, you know, a nightmare uh, reminding of how coach Malzahn used to do that. So <laughs> uh, they were notorious for dialing up a, a bomb on a short yardage play. Right. Um, in my mind, 
you you lean on your offensive line, you lean on your running back who's having an all-star game, or you you give it to your put it in your quarterback's hands for a for a sneak. Um, you know, there were a couple of times during the game where that was that was very questionable. Uh certainly we had drop passes. TJ started extremely hot, I thought, on his scripted plays. Um he was putting the ball where it needed to be and as the mm-hmm. game went on, uh, the execution was was lacking. So certainly it was a combination coaching preparation making adjustments during the game uh, like most Auburn fans were at somewhat of a loss as to how you can jump out to strong starts and then falter right and and let's talk about that I mean uh, I saw a tweet from um, I think it was Josh Vitale like who used to I think he used to cover well yeah he definitely used to cover Auburn but he kind of pulled out the stat which uh, I just think it's kind of telling, you know, over our last three losses, Auburn in the first first quarter, cumulatively, we've, you know, beat our opponents 31 to six. That's over the last three games. The next three quarters, so second, third, and fourth quarters of those three games, our opponents have scored 78 points to Auburn's 23 points. To me, that's saying we get out, like you said, to that great start. And then we slow down. Now, I know some of those have been just offensive, just I don't know what's going on. The the defense adjusts to us, it seems like. But I kind of want to get your thoughts because that seemed, again, to be a theme here against South Carolina. Any idea what's going on and why we're you know getting out to those hot starts and then kind of tapering off uh, you know, those last three quarters usually? Sure. And, you know, in this game – we're up two touchdowns, end up being outscored 21 to three in the next uh, quarters of the game. Uh, looked very familiar to the 40 unanswered points versus Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, we got to find an answer to that. Uh, the offense disappearing in the second half, whether it's adjustments by the coaching staff, which you got to think jumping ahead here, but. Coach Beamer from South Carolina basically laughing that, hey, we ran the same play over and over again, or <laughs> right. the same two plays over right. and over again in the second half. And Auburn couldn't stop us. Yeah. You gotta you gotta wonder about uh adjustments at that point. You know, sure we're uh short some years of of good recruiting and hopefully that is that trajectory is headed up with Harson and his his uh, his recruiters. So I think things are looking up, but uh, we gotta we gotta face facts now and uh, make corrections with the the players we got. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, the coach's job, in my view, and in most people's view, is you know, especially new coaches, you gotta put you gotta use the players you have and put them in a position to win. I think early in the games, our coaches, I think, have done that. They've succeeded. We've been up ahead of teams. And then it's the slow, I don't know if it's the lack of focus later down the road, or I think even one of our players recently said, yeah, we just you know got relaxed. We weren't you know, you know as, as we were in the beginning of the game. It just kind of went away. 
I think that kind of comes back to coaching too. Like call a timeout, tell your guys, you need to focus. You need to fix this right now before, you know, something bad happens. I'm um, very excited about the strong starts Auburn has had the last few weeks, 14 to nothing this week. Uh, looked like it, Auburn could take charge. It took the crowd out of the game in a, mm-hmm. in a visiting stadium that can be loud. And, um, you know, no, what I gotta hear, I gotta hear your opinion on this. What did you think of all those rooster crows going on during the game? Did you hear those? Oh, yeah, that that gets old. It kind of reminded me of when Auburn played USC in a bowl game back in the day, and their band plays that same war chant thing over and over again. And South Carolina, they just do the rooster crow over and over again. So, uh, yes, that was hard to listen to, but. Maybe a little bit easier watching that one on TV versus the poor folks who had to listen to it oh. all game long in the stadium. That's rough. I mean, like <laughs> I, I kind of ranked that up there. You know, we went to 2013, the national championship game against FSU, and it was like the, you know, the the oh uh, that song, you know, that whatever chant that they do, you know, that chant gets old real quick when you're on the other side of that, and that. That I like almost when the Braves do it, but not Florida State. Right. <laughs> That's right. I like it when the Braves do it. Especially, hey, national champs. Or not national champs. Uh, World Series <laughs> World champs. World Series champs. I had to switch my mind from football to be- uh, baseball real quick. <laughs> um, but I did want to get into, let's get into some uh, specifics about this game. Um, you know, offense, I, I think, TJ did mostly what he was, you know, supposed to do. Yeah, he he wasn't great. His stat line, you know, was 17 of 32 passing, 188 yards, had a touchdown pass, but he also had some issues. He he fumbled the ball a couple times, both resulted in negative plays. Um, he overthrew some passes, which, you know, hey, we've criticized Bo about that. I think, you know, it, it's hard. You got to put the touch on it and, uh, you know, any quarterback will probably tell you it's it's hard to do that on a consistent basis and hit those long passes. Um, and and kind of on top of that, I mean, you got some great plays out of him. You know, you had the crazy – he was caught in the backfield on the third and five, and he somehow gets out of – I mean, like two or three guys had their hands on him. And he gets the first down. Kind of did um, – kind of reminded me of like Bo Dini or, you know, Bo Nix – um, when he just gets out of plays and gets to that first down mark, and you're like, "How the heck?" I thought that was about to be a, a sack, and he gets absolutely the first down. that one play where he was surrounded. He was as sure as sacked, and you see him pop out of the the crowd of defenders and gain several yards that mm-hmm. he shouldn't have. It's like that's that's effort, that size. You know, you saw that with. Uh, Cam Newton certainly, oh yeah, great uh, uh, many times, but that was that was excellent. You know, TJ is his athleticism is is different than Bose. He's not as much of a threat in the the running game or a read option type situation, but he can sure break tackles if he has to. Right, yeah, and he did that when he needed to, um, and I think the times that South Carolina did get to him. I think South Carolina would got into Bo as well. Like, and I think that, you know, kind of ties into we've seen some struggles on offensive line and pass protection. And again, 
struggled again. Um, but I will say this, maybe it was just South Carolina's, you know, front seven, but we ran the ball pretty effectively against South Carolina, which was a positive in my mind, um, especially for a tank. I mean, goodness knows tank just needed like to have a really good game. And I think he had a really good game. I also think tank could have had an even better game. I mean, he ended up with 164 yards, average 7.5 yards per touch, but I think he could have done better. I mean, I honestly do. Like, I think he could have had a lot more. Um, and again, maybe I'm, I'm, you know, harping on you know coaching issues a little bit, but when a guy's hot like that, and you need him and keep drives alive, give the ball to Tank. Like, give him the ball. It's the same in football and basketball. Somebody's hot and feed him the ball. And right. Tank obviously wanted that. He had, for whatever reason, he had an extra um, want to in this game. And we gave him lots of opportunities, and he took advantage of them. And a few more would have made a difference, I think. I think so, too. I mean, I, I – we're at the end of the season. It's not like we're necessarily worried about, you know, Tank, at least in this season, you know, potentially like wearing him down because he's literally got one more regular season game after this and then, you know, bowl game. I, I think maybe early in the year, maybe you kind of put like a cap on him and say you only run, you know, 20, 20 times in a game. But this is a game where like I think if Tank runs even five, six, seven more times, we win the game. Because Tank had that uh, tenacity, and, and and I keep hearing the word anger, and it, and I think that's a good word to describe what was going on. You saw it in his face; like he wanted the first down, he wanted Auburn to do well, um, and and to have a backup quarterback have a guy that you can hand the ball off to, like Tank, it's got to give you confidence. Um, and so I'm hoping we we kind of say, all right, let's let's give Tank a little bit more of the ball you know, going forward. Um, so I also thought Jarquez did a pretty good job when he came in. He got, uh, you know, his his yards in there. Wasn't, um, you know, he didn't do anything bad. Um, I will say this, and I, I noticed this on a couple of kickoffs. I, Jarquez got a couple of tackles. Do you remember that? Um, I don't he know did. if you, you noticed that. I was like, that's awesome. a fantastic tackle on a kickoff play. Yeah. And that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I every time I think about kickoff, I'm like, oh, cool! You just put your best defensive tacklers out there. No, we're putting out our running back out there and just all out athlete. Find the dude, hit him. <laughs> he did it. He did it well. So, little shout out to him. Hey, Auburn fans! I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network booster, 
exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I do want to talk about wide receivers for a little bit because I think we've we've been so up and down with wide receivers this year. Uh, we've had games where it just, you know, the Georgia game, drop passes after drop pass. And then we come back and, you know, wide receivers can't seem to drop, you know, pack, you know drop any passes. They, they catch everything. And this game was kind of one of those mixed bags. We had, I think, or yeah, it was a, a career high for Shedrick Jackson with 111 yards on seven receptions. After that, it was a pretty big drop off after that. And not a whole lot of guys got, you know, really any significant you know, yardage. We had a couple with some bigger catches, but that was about it. Um, I mean, Demetrius Robertson, yeah, he scored a touchdown, but like besides that, he was targeted eight times and only had three receptions. To me, that's almost unacceptable, like from a wide receiver. Like that percentage of, you know, you're thrown at, you should catch more than three out of eight. Maybe that's just me, but, you know, that that's my perception of, you know, a wide receiver at this level, especially one that's starting for Auburn. I was fairly impressed with South Carolina's defensive backs. They, they had some very athletic plays where they tipped the ball away at the last minute. And certainly you can look back. There were two or three iffy plays where I would have called pass interference, but hmm, I'm a yeah. homer. So, right. Me too. But, uh, <laughs> I wonder where I great get that athletic from. plays too. Exactly, son. <laughs> the, um, I thought, Javarius Johnson, he had three catches for 27 yards. JJ had a had a decent game, but you'd like to see more more production there. Um, very quiet from the tight ends. Johnson yeah. Schinker was out there, but just um, I think either it was, wasn't targeted or um, would have yeah. liked to have seen more more production there. Yeah, I was but certainly uh, time with TJ Finley will in practice and in games will will ramp up the connection between quarterback and receivers. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing throughout the game that this is really, you know, I know TJ has had, I'm sure, you know, first team reps, you know, probably throughout the season, you know, you know, practice this season. Um, but it, you know, Bozeman the number one. So like, you know, TJ's getting reps with the twos, um, if not third string. And so that's that takes some timing. I mean, it, it took timing for Bo Nix early this season to, you know, get that timing down. Um, and will, will another week be enough? I don't know. But, you know, they've, they've got to work on it. And, you know, maybe stay after practice a couple of times extra this week and, you know, work on that connection uh, because we need it. Um, I mean, Bama's going to – their defense is pretty good next week. And uh, they're not the greatest, but they're pretty good. And we got to be able to attack in the air as well as, uh, you know, on the ground. Um, let's talk about defense just for a little bit. Um, I I just was thinking back on this. Like, the defense 
wasn't the worst, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I I knew South Carolina could run the ball. They did run the ball very well. Uh, their leading running back, White, had an average of 6.2 yards per carry, which anytime you hear that, you know, defense, especially the front seven, just didn't do their job. Um, and, and then you just got to think, like, a couple times, like, you know, Derek Mason called that extra pressure on fourth and two. Um, this was like, you know, second quarter. Um, this kind of swung the momentum towards South Carolina. And, you know, the, they got a touchdown out of it. Um, there, there were multiple times like that where, you know, defense, you know, in most games, if you hold a team to 21 points, you're thinking you, you got a chop, you got a chance. Um, but in a game where Auburn's offense just wasn't doing anything, um, defense just needed to do maybe one more thing, you know, cause an extra fumble, something, um, I think, to, to make a difference in this one. It was particularly tough to watch uh, our coverage of the running backs out of the backfield against South Carolina. You mentioned Zaquandre White, who averaged six yards carry, but he also had that receiving touchdown that when we came with extra rushers, and they took advantage of that. Jason Brown, South Carolina's quarterback, found the open man, and he scored. Yeah. Uh, I was, it was also hard to watch that we didn't adjust to uh, the South Carolina running backs trying to bounce the ball outside. Uh, yeah. They, they just ate us up acting like they were going to go up the middle and then they would bounce it out and we, we could not contain them and they got some big plays bouncing the ball to the, to the boundaries. Yeah. And it, it, I agree. Like, I, I wish we had adjusted for that and, you know, maybe brought a DB in there, you know, to set the edge. Like, when I played defensive back, uh, my job was push everything into the inside. Like, keep it in, in the middle of the field. And especially on run plays, you got to do that. That that needed to happen more. Um, and I was a little frustrated with that. Like, it just seemed like, and, and, you know, us as fans, we, we thought, why is this you know, doing the same thing over and over? And, you know, come to find out they were doing the same thing, you know, same two things over and over and over. That's frustrating. Like a defense at this level should be able to adjust to that. And we just weren't. Um, I will Another say. touchdown we gave up was the their uh, heavy set uh, fullback. No, yeah. Rolled out of the back backfield and caught the touchdown pass right at the end zone. Right. And that was, um, we just, we were not covering the running backs well. No. Like in, in pass coverage, running the ball. And, and again, that that should be an emphasis, especially, I mean, South Carolina is on their third string quarterback. They're not going to put a lot on their quarterback who's a third stringer. And they, they beat us because they just kept handing the ball off or, you know, gave the, Gave him a simple pass to a, a running back rolling out of the backfield. It seems shocking, but South Carolina only threw 15 passes. Right. But I think uh, the those, I think the 10 that he completed were very effective. It wasn't like, yes. oh, yeah, it's a little screen pass. We tackle him for a loss. No, it out was of like 10 completions. He had three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's Ouch. that's a fantastic ratio for a quarterback. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and you know, what it was also, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, putting pressure on, especially, you know, 
or, you know, quarterbacks that don't have as much experience. And we did that pretty well. I think in the first half we had three sacks. The rest of the game, I think we only had one sack. Um, you you got to keep that pressure coming. And it, it's it gives the tech quarterback too much time, gets too comfortable, and that's what happens. Um, so, oh, man. Very, very proud of our offensive line. You know, to get, talk about a positive, I think South Carolina only had two sacks. So That's true, yeah. We did a fairly good job of protecting – T.J. Finley in his first start for Auburn, um, which was ironic because last year when T.J. Finley was playing for the LSU Tigers, <laughs> that was also his first start for LSU was yeah. against South Carolina. Yeah. So from familiar territory for him. Right. I thought that was pretty ironic that it just so happened that both of his starts for different teams were for the same team. Like, that has to be some sort of – you know, record somewhere. <laughs> um, I did want to hit on and uh, dad, you had mentioned this on your uh, Auburn roots, but your, your dad went to Northwestern and, you know, watching Eku Leota who came transferred from Northwestern him get a sack, which, I mean, I love him. He has been, you know, pretty good for the most part. And, and honestly, I, I honestly kind of thought of him, you know, he'd just come in on definite pass downs I'm seeing him more and more on the field um, than just on pass downs, which I think is a pretty cool, like growing thing for him. What What do you think of Eku and how he's uh, developed into more of a well-rounded uh, defensive lineman? Yeah, as a transfer from Northwestern, and he, he just plays with a lot of energy, and uh, I think I think he's going to have a big game in the Iron Bowl. He had against South Carolina, he had a tackle for loss uh, and a sack, and I think maybe another quarterback hurry yeah but he didn't quite get there but he affected uh, their quarterback and it caused an incompletion so uh, we need all those defensive guys to step up particularly as we move toward the iron bowl pressure on Bryce Young is going to be a big time key yeah definitely um, I did see a little bit of a drop off from the linebackers um, than what we had seen in the past um, I was, you know, particularly looking at Zacoby McLean, who's in the past been really good at stopping the run. I know we kind of shifted a little bit um, and and didn't have our linebackers, you know, three, four yards off the ball. Uh, they were up at the line a lot of times, um, which, you know, kind of it, it did stop a lot of times the ball at the line of scrimmage. But then, you, like we had mentioned, it bounced the ball out. You, you got to have somebody ready to kind of turn them back in. Um, and so, and South Carolina actually took advantage of that when we had the linebackers basically playing defensive line right up on the line. They ran the ball, and if you happen to get enough of a hole for the running back, which they did a couple of times, there's no second line of defense. The linebackers right. are, are running after him, and uh, yeah, uh, South Carolina burned us a couple of times on that. Right, and that's. Again, I, I wish we had made some adjustment there so those plays didn't happen because, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking, you know, this, wow, this South Carolina team is that great, but they just kept finding, you know, these huge plays and 9, 10, 15-yard runs on a on a first down, and they keep getting first downs. And, and it wasn't anything, like, you know, super amazing. It was, you know, the running back was doing his job and the offensive line was opening up holes and, uh, you know, 
Auburn wasn't able to stop it, which, you know, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in. I wish we had uh, done a little bit better on that. Um, I did want to call out and a couple more uh, good things that did happen. Donovan Kaufman got himself an interception, ran the ball out um, a good bit. I love that. Uh, I would been, I have honestly, with the way we play kind of more zone this year under Derek Mason, I was thinking we should have had a lot more of these, you know, where the safeties, you know, have their eyes on the quarterback, reading their eyes and reading the pass. And then Donovan Kaufman does that perfectly. It could have easily been a touchdown and Donovan Kaufman returns it. And uh, that that's the, those are the big plays that, that we need needed earlier in the season, but Hey, it's good to see, you know, the development of our defense under Derek Mason start to figure things out. That was a momentum changer. You tie that into Auburn had seven tackles for loss. Donovan Coffin had that great interception, big return, stopped a South Carolina drive in its track as they were moving the ball down the field. Uh, there's some very, very big positives. We outgained, look at the stats, we outgained South Carolina. 379 yards to 306 uh, limited South Carolina to on third down conversions. They only converted one of nine. So um, that's pretty good. You know, you look at some of the stats and you think if you looked at that blindly, you'd think Auburn won this game. Right. But uh, I think coach Arson said in his post game news conference, 17 points seem like we should have more than 17 points. Well, yes, coach. We agree. All right. Um, you know, there were South Carolina bowed up their backs and stopped us when they needed to and swapped the momentum a couple of times and, um, you know, takes points to win ball games. Yeah. And, and in this league, it's touchdowns. It's, you got to put up touchdowns, not just fill goals. Um, which kind of leads me into our last little segment here about special teams. I think special teams, again, was not great. It's kind of to be expected at this point. I, I fully expect, honestly, us to have a new special teams coach next year because of how this special teams has just not performed well, had holding, had blocks in the backs, uh, just done dumb things that you know a special team shouldn't do. Like when you have a return out to the 45-yard line and then it call, gets called back because of a holding, you're just like, okay, like this is – this is not where, where we want to be. We, we get pushed back to like the 20 at that point, like that, that negates any kind of positive momentum that a kickoff or a punt return would have had. Um, and, and again, we have similar things going on in this game. Um, we did have, you know, Anders Carlson, who was, uh, out because he tore his ACL, had a successful ACL surgery, um, is on the mend now. Um, but we had Ben Patton, um, step in for him. Um, he was our backup left-footed kicker, which my wife's a left, left-handed person. So I was big rooting for him. I mean, it's cool. Also just, you know, have a backup kicker in there, actually kicking some good, you know, meaningful field goals. Um, he did na- nail a 37 yarder, uh, but he did miss a 25 yard field goal. Um, if he had made it, maybe it would have, you know, kept Auburn's momentum coming back towards us, but yeah. You know, it's a backup kicker. Like, I, it's a big you, game. You gotta make you gotta make twenty five yarders. <laughs> uh, he, I agree. He he pulled it, and it wasn't blocked. He 
he looked like he struck it well, but uh, wide right. And certainly Carlson Anders has had uh, similar struggles this year. He's only made two-thirds of his field goals, had a couple blocked. And uh, like you said, we've got some work to do on special teams. Great kickoff returns, I thought, yeah. by Jarquez Hunter. Um, overcoming uh, some of the, the penalties, the blocks in the back are holding that that we got called for on those. We got to clean that up because uh, we had some some opportunities to break some kick returns, and uh, you got to take advantage of that, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any other kind of final thoughts before we get out of here? I was encouraged. I mean, I thought the uh, from uh, there were some good things. The our running game at about six yards per carry was strong. We've got to carry that over into, um, into the future. Uh, we've got to tighten up some things on defense, some good things on defense as far as sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, but uh, from an execution standpoint, we've got to, to do that. We really haven't talked about the, the phantom muffed punt oh, at gosh. the end. Certainly that would have given us the ball again with not a lot of time and we hadn't really been moving the ball, but uh, put South Carolina and if they go to prevent defense, TJ Finley could, could pull an ending like he did with Georgia state. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that really hurt. And uh, you know, some of the play calls, particularly with short yardage and third and short, fourth and short, really hurt us but uh you know that that phantom muff punt at the end just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth but clearly there wasn't enough video evidence to reverse what was the correct call on the field right but uh, the refs somehow saw it a different way right and jared uh put in our group me and I'll, I'll share this with you and, and our listeners which may have uh i don't mean i don't I mean, I'm putting on my tinfoil conspiracy theorist hat right now. So imagine that. But I think this that, that call might have, you know, just been the nail in the coffin from the SEC because guess what? South Carolina being bowl eligible, which, you know, last night's win got them bowl eligible. The SEC got $4 million because South Carolina was bowl eligible. I'm just saying. I would hate to think. I would believe that kind of conspiracy theory, but maybe so because that that was a you know big win for Coach Beamer. What turns out not such a uh, great win over Florida game or two ago, and then mm-hmm. this upset of Auburn getting the six wins in his first uh, coaching year at at South Carolina is certainly big for him i yeah. really liked his dad who coached at virginia tech for years and great defensive special teams mind and so he's got a great pedigree and he seems like a nice a, a likable guy but mm-hmm. uh, anyway certainly would have rather the good tigers uh, come out with a win here right i agree all right uh, to kind of wrap things up uh, how can the people stay in touch with you I'll go with Jared and uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.
Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.